If we stick together, there's nothing we can't win. We'll brave any storm, the three of us through thick and thin. And though we've just met, I think our trio's here to stay. A rabbit, a beast, and a princess run away. A rabbit, a beast, and a princess run away. Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to Brie. Princesses to Brie. That's me. Princesses to Brie. Yes, I am Christy and this is Brie. That's me. The princesses to Brie. (laughs) Yes, I'm bringing I am bringing the princesses to Brie. But yes, I wish you wouldn't sometimes, but you sure are. (laughs) Yes, today uh, we are bringing you uh, My Sweet Monster. This was a film that was just released recently in uh, in April of uh, this year. And uh, we actually have a Twitter follower to thank for alerting us to this movie. So shout out to Butterfly Latte. Butterfly Latte, thank you. Thank you for letting us know about this. Uh, Brie loved it. It's her new favorite movie. <sighs> When Butterfly Latte sent us the link to this, I had to go back and find this tweet because I I know, like, I answered it and I went back and I looked and I was like, this looks so bad. And hey, guess what, past Brie? It was. You were, you were I, right. You were right. Good job. Yeah, you guessed it. Wow. You may be clairvoyant. I don't know how you could have guessed. I, you know? Who could have guessed it? Mm-hmm. I was I was really excited for this one because uh so fans of bad movies might have seen going around on Twitter <laughs> that really bad Pinocchio movie with Polly Shore as Pinocchio. Yeah, and, people uh, people been looking at the at the clips from that of of Polly Shore's just yeah, incredible voice acting. Beautiful performance, definitely Oscar worthy. Um and I, I'm not going to lie, when I was seeing those clips, I felt like I was missing out a little bit because I, I just <laughs> wish, oh, I wish I could have a princess movie oh. that had this vibe. And Butterfly Latte came to the rescue because as it turns out, Polly Shore was in yet another <laughs> <laughs> terrible movie. But this time it stars a princess. So yay. Oh, yay. Hur- hur- hooray. Woohoo. Uh. <laughs> Yep. Oh my god. It was... Yeah, this one's bad, you guys. It's not good. Is this... Is is this one... Was it enjoyably bad for you, Brie? <sighs> no. <laughs> no, it was just kind of painful, honestly. Yeah. Because, like, the juxtaposition of the fact that it it looks nice. Like mm-hmm. the designs are cute, the animation's good. Um, but then you have to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and you have to try and comprehend the story. And it just yeah. I feel like holding the two made my head hurt. <laughs> I didn't get a headache. It, it this is not no, Freddy okay. the Frog tier. But yeah. um it was still it still was just it was more annoying than anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think because there was like glimmers 
of things that were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are little bits and pieces that I don't mind, and I feel like... Like, there, there is potentially a plot here to be had, like, that you could refine into a better movie. Yeah. Instead of a load of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a complete nonsense mess. Oh, goodness. Except it wasn't, you know what? It's not even, uh, oh, there's, oh my god, okay. <laughs> Christy, can you please go through the, the plot summary of this so we can start dissecting some of the, like, absolutely baffling choices? Okay, will do. Please take uh, us away. Yes, let's get into the plot summary for My Sweet Monster. The film opens and we are introduced to Princess Barbara on the day of her 16th birthday. Instead of getting ready for her party, Princess Barbara is reading a novelization of the deeds of her beloved, Prince Edward. The two have never met in person, but Barbara and Edward communicate frequently through letters, and Barbara is eagerly anticipating his next reply. It's been ages since I got his last letter. No, I understand. Fighting injustice takes time and effort, but he could have at least dropped me a line or two. Barbara lives in a kingdom filled with mechanical automatons that are powered by a mysterious magical water that her father, the king, keeps in a vial in his workshop. Elsewhere in the kingdom, the royal postman has been robbed of all of his mail by the mysterious Bogey, an intimidating beast man who lives in the forest. The postman did manage to save Barbara's latest letter from Prince Edward, though he is too afraid to deliver the letter out of fear for what the king will say about the stolen mail. That is when we are introduced to Bundy, a fellow postman who has no qualms about delivering the letter to the castle. Oh! Since you're all scared to go, I will. <laughs> yep, plus I need to take care of business. Barbara hurries downstairs when she hears the sounds of the postman and is surprised to find Bundy waiting for her. Bundy suddenly reveals to Barbara that he has been reading all of Barbara's mail and he threatens to expose Barbara's secrets. Oh, Prince Edward, save me from this claustrophobic prison and from my father, who doesn't let me breathe. Have you been reading my letters? And Barbara, I can't wait to see you. I long to embrace you and whisper sweet love in your ear. <gasps> you don't want your royal daddy to find out about all this, do you? What? What do you want from me? Well, let's start with a royal kiss. <clears throat> Bundy demands a kiss from Barbara, which causes Barbara to run off. In her hurry, she drops Edward's letter, which her father finds and reads. This causes an argument between king and daughter, as the king does not approve of Edward. While that is happening, Bundy happens upon the king's workshop and the vial of magic water. The king walks in just as Bundy discovers the strange electrical properties the water possesses. Recognizing how important the magic water is, Bundy threatens to destroy the vial unless the king gives in to his demands. With no choice, the king agrees to whatever Bundy has in mind. That evening, Barbara is presented to the court. That is when the king begrudgingly reveals that instead of celebrating Barbara's birthday, they will be celebrating her wedding to Bundy. Refusing to get married, Barbara calls for her horse, and she speeds away. Bundy gives chase on his motorcycle, following Barbara into the forest. Barbara nearly escapes, but accidentally crashes into a tree branch, knocking her from her horse and knocking herself out. 
Bundy arrives soon after, and decides the best way to bring the unconscious Barbara back to the castle is to stuff Barbara into a sack. After doing so, Bundy is discovered by Bogey. Uh, this sack is mine! 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 Everything is mine. Bogey? Get out of this forest! Bogey scares Bundy off and, thinking Barbara is another sack of mail, picks her up and escapes into the forest. The next morning, Barbara wakes up in Bogey's hideout. There she meets Bogey and Bogey's sidekick, Bunny, who decide that they will ransom Barbara back to her father. After some shenanigans in the forest, Barbara ends up saving Bogey's life. That, plus Barbara's admiration of the wonders of Mother Nature, end up endearing her to Bogey. Eventually, Bogey agrees to Barbara's request to be taken to Edward's kingdom. Back at the castle, after telling the king that Barbara was kidnapped by Bogey, Bundy questions the king over the origin of the magic water. The king reveals that when Barbara was born, she was very weak, and so the king went searching for the legendary Water of Life to help her. He found its source, a large pool of water deep in the forest. The king took a sample of the water, which triggered an earthquake. The king escaped with the vial of water, and the path to the Water of Life was sealed up by a rock slide. Bundy is interested in rediscovering the source of the water, but in the meantime focuses on reclaiming Barbara by ordering the king to make him an army of robots so he could rescue Barbara from Bogey. Back in the forest, it's clear that on their journey, Bogey begins developing feelings for Barbara. At one point, Barbara and Bunny get some alone time, and Bunny reveals that Bogey used to be a human boy who got lost in the forest. The young Bogey nearly froze to death, but was spared when an unseen Mother Nature decided to turn him into a monster. Mother Nature gave Bogey the strength of ten bears, and he's been protecting her ever since. I mean, we've been protecting her. Uh, to be more precise, I'm in charge of security, and he does what I say. During their journey, Bundy sends his various robot creatures to attack Bogey and Barbara. They manage to evade them, and eventually the group finds their way to Edward's kingdom. Bogey gives Barbara a reluctant goodbye, and Barbara goes off by herself into Edward's kingdom. Barbara finds her way into Edward's castle skyscraper, but instead of finding Prince Edward, she finds Princess Edwardina, who reveals that Prince Edward is a fictional character she created. What do you mean? Made him up? I, I don't get it. What for? Nobody bought the adventures of Princess Edward. But what about all the daring feats? The noble deeds, the love. Of course, sweetie, that all sells wonderfully. For our millions of dedicated fans, just like you, my team and I come up with our storylines. The letters Barbara has been receiving were in fact automated replies sent out to any woman who wrote into Edward's fan club. Barbara is devastated to hear this news, and things are made worse when Edwardina decides to return Barbara to her father, and Bundy, for the reward money. Thankfully for Barbara, Bogey is not too far off, and after some dramatics, Edwardina is convinced to let Barbara go peacefully. Unfortunately, they aren't able to celebrate their escape, as Bundy has begun lighting the forest on fire. Barbara and Bogey hurry back, just as Bundy discovers the location of the Water of Life. While his robots are taking care of Bogey, Bundy begins to collect the Water of Life. Thankfully, at this moment, Barbara's father appears, 
and he reveals that he built a failsafe to Bundy's army, shutting them down remotely. With no other option, Bundy drinks some of the water, which causes him to grow into a giant, rocky, humanoid figure. Bundy boasts that he is now greater than Mother Nature herself, which seems to displease Mother Nature, who sends down a tornado to deal with Bundy. Unfortunately, Bundy drags Barbara into the tornado, requiring Bogey to jump in and save her. He does so, and they both manage to escape Mother Nature's tornado before she pulls it, and Bundy, deep underground. Unfortunately, the water of life recedes into the earth as well, causing all of the mechanical devices powered by it to stop working. This includes Barbara, who is revealed to have a mechanical heart. As Barbara lays motionless, Bogey begs Mother Nature to take him instead. If you must, if you must take someone, take me, spare them, and take me. Mother Nature agrees, and she brings Barbara back to life in exchange for turning Bogey into an inanimate stone statue. Months pass, and we see that Barbara has been visiting Bogey's statue regularly, hoping for a miracle. After confessing her feelings and declaring her intention to keep visiting Bogey, Mother Nature takes pity on the couple and not only brings Bogey back to life, but restores him to human form in addition to returning the water of life to Earth. The film ends with the now human Bogey and Barbara embracing, thanking Mother Nature. Pity the strength of ten bears is gone for good. You've spoiled such a perfectly good monster. <laughs> the end. The end. Yes, <laughs> I guess it's. Do you know what's kind of weird? I didn't realize this until my second viewing, but we don't see them kiss at the end. No, it's. Which I mean, I guess fair. It's like they. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's sure. just. It's such a. It's just such a fairy tale trope that it was sort of weird that they don't end on like the big happily ever after kiss. Yeah. No. They just. They end on. Uh, them just hugging for a weirdly yeah. long time. Yeah, and just like staring off into the distance. Yeah. Pretending that this this film ends on a far loftier note than it actually does. <laughs> God. Oh man. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where do we start? So the designs for a mm -hmm. bunch of these little robots in this kingdom yes. are very cute. I like mm. them. There's like a little like spherical robot dog. It's very cute. There's like these little floating like light bulb robots. Oh yes, and the light bulbs. And they're really cute. Like their their faces are made of like a, the glowing filament inside the light bulb. Mm -hmm. And it's like the designs are very cute. I like them. Yeah. All of all of the robots kind of have like this chunky sort of almost like a steampunk kind of look to it yeah they're not like super polished they're just again they're clunky and they're they're all like very like just sort of almost like an organic inorganic robot kind yeah. of yeah yeah they're very i i i do enjoy mm -hmm. um in contrast to like the the attack robots that bundy 
Bundy gets the king to make later that are much more like sleek and and uh yeah like menacing looking. Um. But yeah, so that, I mean that's fun. I I like the little robots. They're very cute. Yeah. There's one Theodore. Yes. Who's like this old busted <laughs> fucking <laughs> robot who's just like clearly like super old and like not very good at doing anything anymore but everyone loves him so they keep him around and it's like it's very cute mm-hmm. yeah um, the we should say like yeah. the robots are all like sentient and they have yeah. very like they, they have personalities to them yeah and they seem to be treated as though they're like equal to humans yeah so like it's very cute I, I think like the the, the that world i found that was like the one thing about this movie that i really enjoyed because you see a lot of fairy tale movies where they are in that like that medieval medieval setting where there's no technology whatsoever it's just like castle in a peasanty kingdom um so you don't see that many princess movies where you do have this little touch of technology like you have the robots you have uh like vehicles and motorcycles sort Um, of yeah their kingdom has like a one motorcycle and it's bundy's cycle yeah but it's it's his name is bundy leslie or something right because like they call him leslie half of the time in the film also I forget. I meant to write that down. I something I for- like that. Yeah, he he's like the one character that yeah for some reason he has a last name even though <laughs> I, I, I yeah it's a weird touch. Why not like just call him Bundy? I, I shrug. It's I mean that's like the like that that's like the least of those movies problems. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe like just one example of how this movie really could have benefited from some editing and trimming down of unnecessary details. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I th- There's just so much. Yeah. This, this was one where the summary I, was a bit of a struggle because <laughs> there's a lot that happens in this movie and a lot of it is plot relevant. And you might think like, well, well, yeah, like that's that's a good thing, though, right? And it's like, I mean, in a normal movie, sure, <laughs> but in a movie like this, it just feels like there's so much that needs to be said that at the same time doesn't need to be said. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even just like s- stuff like the, you have the magic water, and that's what powers the robots. But there's also you need the crystals to power them? Yeah, it's like you have to put magic water on a special crystal and then install that in the robot. And then that gives it life. Yeah, and that's it's a small thing, but again, it's one of those things that I wish that they like just just have it be one or the other. Yeah, you know, because I don't know. I just don't think it's necessary. It basically it fulfills the same rule. You need you just want there to be this this MacGuffin that powers the <laughs> robots that Bundy then goes after. Yeah. 
the the business with the crystals just felt like it added just a little bit of just, tedium. Just a extra tedium. Yeah. Because, like, at, at one point, they have, uh... So at one point they run out of crystals because they they use them all up for Bundy's robot army. Um, but he he ends up making the king take the crystal from Theodore so that he could he could power up a few remaining robots. Yeah, and that that moment is again it's it's I mean I guess it's kind of interesting because you have this it's sort of big moment where. Like, the other robots do not want to take the crystal from Theodore, because this is, like... That would be... That's essentially just, like, shutting him down. Yeah. Not not killing him, per se, but, like... Mm-hmm. Sort of? Yeah, it's... it's Because they, they are able to bring him back, and they yeah. do bring him back towards the end. It's just that... it It's still... It's, like, a big deal to these robots, because it is... They have sentience, they have feelings, um... So it is an interesting scene, but it's also just like, we don't really need this scene in the movie. It's like, are you trying to prove how evil Bundy is? Because we know, we get yeah. it. We got it from the first moment that Polly Shore's voice erupts from that character. <laughs> yeah. He's been when he... evil the whole time. Yeah, like literally his, like when you see him on screen, like he's just oozing like sliminess yeah he just he's insta slime it's kind of fascinating because he just seems like everybody is creeped out by him in universe nobody likes this dude yeah like (laughs) he's clearly just an asshole that everyone hates yeah Uh, i i was actually like really like i was genuinely like kind of creeped out by him more than i have been for other villains in recent memory and it was to the point that i had to think about it because i wasn't sure why specifically he creeped me out so much because we this is a fairly common villain type where they're power hungry and they're also like fixated on the female lead and you know wants to wants to make them marry them yeah. Um, so Bundy isn't doing anything particularly new, so I wasn't really sure why he weirded me out so much. And there's there's some kind of extra layer of slime on him. Yeah. I think I think what it came down to for me is that he's just so overtly evil. Like comparing him to Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Gaston treats Belle much in the same way that Bundy treats Barbara. How Gaston acts as though he's entitled to Belle and just completely disregards her feelings. Um, yeah. But the difference between Gaston and Bundy is that Gaston tries to keep up this pretense of being a good guy. And he's also affable enough that he has the entire town fooled into thinking he's so awesome. And even Belle, while she very clearly hates Gaston's attention... She seems to chalk up his behavior to this this boorish brainlessness instead yeah. of outright Yeah. It's it is. It's the outright just like bald faced, naked malice from yeah. this character. Yeah. With with Gaston, it's only towards the end of the film when he stops caring about pretenses and tries to blackmail Belle into marrying him. That that's when Belle realizes that he is this deliberate conniving menace and yeah 
Whereas, with bu- whereas with Bundy, the blackmail is the first thing he says to her. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, he meets the the princess, the crown princess, and he's just like, hey, I've been reading all of your mail. Haha, I know you've got this you've got this boyfriend you're writing to. If you don't yeah. want me to tell your dad, then we gotta figure out a deal. Haha, give me a smooch. Yeah. Like yeah. it there's no <laughs> there's no lead up. There's nothing. It's just instantly I've met you and now um I'm blackmailing you into <laughs> Yeah to kissing me at the very well, least. And she's like, No Yeah. It's and and plus too, like obviously from how he talks, like he has been reading her mail for a long time. Yeah. It's almost like he was planning this. Ugh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, he's he's just like absolutely awful. Yeah, just very transparently evil. Does not give one shit about who knows it. He just he feels entitled to Barbara and does not make any attempt to excuse his behavior. Yeah, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's annoying as a character trait. Yeah, it's and there's it's, nothing. There's no. There's zero depth to this guy. There's no. nothing beyond what you see on the surface. They, it's, I feel like they tried. There's just like a very brief mention that he grew up in an orphanage and he, like, I think the implication is meant to be. I don't know, you're supposed to read between the lines a lot, but I guess, like, he just learned the lesson that you gotta be an asshole to get what you want. <sighs> sure. But it still, it does not, it it does not feel like there is anything more to this guy no. than just being an asshole. He, yeah. Also, the fact that throughout the movie, he he, like, he steals this precious vial of, like, of life-giving magic water and spends 80% of the movie with it just in his hand. Like, he's just running around with it as a flashlight. He's just holding it at all times. I'm like, I guess that the... Everyone, all these automaton servants, all of the human guards, everyone in this palace is just so inept yeah they can't just like coordinate an effort to like pin this man and get the vial yeah like like (laughs) really honestly like he's just swanning around with it loosely in his palm the entire movie yeah like can, can nobody just bum rush him and just like pry it out of his hand yeah like he's a it, he's a scrawny little man. Just get do something. Yeah. If I was the king, and and I was in this situation, then I probably would have been like, yeah, sure, you can marry my daughter, and then just wait until like Bundy lets his guard down, and then just fucking throw him in prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if he complains, just be like, um, excuse me, I'm the fucking king. Like I could, I'm gonna behead you. Because I just decided. I just, that's what I want today. Yeah. I'm the king. What are you going to do about it? The complete ineptitude of this king is is wild. Yeah. Although he's not completely inept, I guess. I do like the twist at the end that he built in a failsafe to the, yeah, to the, that, the robot army. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I mean, it would have been better if there was some kind of anything that showed 
that he had even an inkling of doing that, but uh, sure, all right. Yeah. It just, it does feel very, I don't know. You could, because you could tell the king is not happy about marrying Barbara to this schmuck. And yet, like, then why did you agree to it? I don't know. It's like, call the guy's bluff. Like, yeah. What's he good like how think one more step ahead, your majesty. If he does if he follows through on his threat to like smash the vial, then what does he have to look forward to? Literally getting executed or put in jail for the rest of his life? Like he's not gonna do it. Don't Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't what are you like? Well, and Ugh. even like they I guess they try and play up how the um like the the pool where the water comes from, it was blocked off by the earthquake. So I think they're trying to play it up like, oh, there's no way they could just go and get new water. Sure, but, but also then they then they <laughs> he uses his robots that that the king constructed for him to excavate the path to the water. They just yeah. get back there anyway. Yeah, so like just like fine, smash the vial if you want, Bundy. Like we'll go get more water and then you'll yeah. be in jail. Yeah. 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 It's uh... (sighs) a. The the whole. Everything to do with like. (laughs) With Bundy and and his plans. Just. And the way characters interact with it. It's it's so frustrating. Everyone's so uncomfortable around him. He gets two songs, by the way, everyone. it, Polly Shore s- serenades us twice oh, in this God. film, and it's bad both times. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a note in here that's just in all caps: "God, not another Polly Shore song." It's amazing. It's so his. I'll, I'll probably, I'm sure, I'll include clips of him so oh. everybody can get a taste of his performance. But this isn't this isn't on the level of that weird Pinocchio movie. It's not it's, at that level. Yeah. Not quite. It's like I don't know if that means he put more or less effort into this movie to be honest. I don't know. Like cuz here's the thing. He is an actor. The 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 lady who plays the princess also an actor, actor actress. Uh, they're both like professionals. The one who plays Bundy not Bundy, Bogey. Fuck. Uh, was Napoleon Dynamite? He's <laughs> like they're all actors, and I can only assume it must have been something to do with the voice direction or yes. something for this film, because it's just it's so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so I- awful. I think I, I'm going to suspect that this is probably another situation like Charming, which we took a look at last year, where there are good actors involved in this movie, but that doesn't come through in their performance. So you do yeah. kind of have to point the finger at, yeah, like, this was the direction not there? What, you know, like, what what happened in the recording booth? Did they not have the ability to do multiple takes? You know, Something yeah. something doesn't quite what, add up there. What happened? Because, mm-hmm. cause, yeah. Because it's like... It's hard 
to imagine someone submitting the takes that are this bad mm-hmm. and a, a director going yes that's acceptable Perfect. or even that's what i want yeah I, you really you really nailed it mr yeah. shore <laughs> and, like, and you know and the cadence to some of the deliveries it's just so stilted because i know they're trying to match it it's like if you ever watched like a speed racer dub from, <laughs> yeah from like the 70s 80s anime or they're just they add in extra syllables or they pause in bizarre ways or they put the emphasis wrong because yeah. it has to fit in with the animation it's so bad oh it's it did make me wonder i would be very curious to ha- see somebody redub this film and just to see what a difference it would make if you redid the performances yeah it's and like i feel like when they dubbed it and when they when they i I don't because i haven't heard the original tracks so i don't know if it's also but the audio mixing is very strange it's also not very good. <laughs> like, I, I realize people were probably doing their fucking best with what they got. But boy, I I have a note that I took that is just, I genuinely feel like if I watched this on mute with subtitles, it would be a better viewing experience. And I got to tell you, I've got it playing on silent while we, while we record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, visually... Sure. This is yeah. this it's still kind of a convoluted weird mess, but like it's it, not it, bad to look at. Yeah. It this is this is again, this is one of my favorite types of bad movies to look at where it does look nice. There was effort put into the animation and yeah. the set design. It's just it's the story that mostly is just absolutely bad shit and i love poking holes into a bad story <laughs> oh man you, you you talked about the designs a bit earlier um but can i ask your opinion on bogey's design oh bad <laughs> yeah i mean it's not good i when i first saw him i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it, I think I like him better when you first see him. He's got like he's a little like rougher, and he's got more because he's got like a he's like this big man, and he's hairy, but he's got like human hands and feet that are really yeah. big, like Bigfoot or some fucking shit. And his face is just a man face, like it's just I'm, a human face on this sort of beastie body, um, with like antlers like, and deer it's, ears. It's not the worst, but it's definitely fucking weird, and I don't like his like. It just looks like, you know, when you're a kid and you have like a plush doll, maybe they don't make them as much anymore, but it was like baby dolls or something where like the body was soft, but then there would be like a ridge around like a hard plastic face. Yeah. And so like you, there's a really obvious place where the face attaches onto the rest of the doll. And that's sort of what he's got going on. Yeah, it just, it, it looks like somebody just, like, slapped a human face onto a vaguely Bigfoot-esque body. Yeah. 
Um, in the beginning, at least, he's he's sort of got like his hair is sort of in his face, and it sort of it helps to marry the two parts together. He's got like these like bioluminescent mushrooms growing on him, which is neat. Like it's a yeah. neat little design. And then he almost drowns, so he gets a, a, a wash in a river, uh, and then he's clean. And it's, yeah, and then he gets kind of like a uh, all that like a fohawk kind of thing yeah. going on, and, it, and some of the blue comes off his face, which is weird because I yeah. think, I thought that was just his skin, but uh, yeah, it, apparently it, <laughs> it comes off in the wash. He's got he's got blue hair for some reason. Um, which that kind of made me laugh because I, of course, being a child of the internet in the heyday of Flash animation. Oh, you gotta have the blue hair. You gotta have blue hair. This is how bad taught us. Yeah. So I'll admit I, I hated his design up until the point that I started associating him with something that Strong Bad would draw. <laughs> and now I'm like kind of all for it. Now it's not not so bad. Yeah, he just needs some of those consummate Vs, and he'll be perfect. <laughs> oh. uh, his, yeah. he, I think my, the thing that I dislike about his design the most is that he just looks so human. And even though, like you said, like he does have his proportions are more exaggerated. Like he's a giant beast man with big hands and feet. Even because... This is an animated cartoon where a lot of the other characters are also stylized in different ways. It doesn't feel like that alone, his exaggerated proportions, make him feel beastly enough. And so, it's he's just like in this weird halfway zone where he's not quite human, but he's also not quite a beast enough to be yeah. cool. I, yeah. I... I actually started to, like, assume that there was some reasoning behind his weird design, where, um, I think about halfway through the movie, I decided that in this adaptation, Bogie probably would remain as a weird Bigfoot with blue hair, and I assumed that because they wanted him to remain a, a beast, uh, and yet they obviously were going to have him and Barbara end up together, I figured that his design was that way because they, they thought it might be weird if Barbara entered a romantic relationship with a more animalistic looking guy. Um, oh, yeah. So that that was my thinking. But of course, no, at the end, he just turns back into a human. <laughs> I, even like, uh, I guess as soon as they mentioned that it's like, no, he was just a normal boy who turned into a, a beast man. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, he's gonna be, he's gonna change back in the end. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. gonna be just a normal ass man at the end. What a dick move of Mother Nature! You I know? mean, I uh, yeah, <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't say he didn't consent to being turned into a beast man or like being the one tasked with protecting the forest. He was just a little kid who was trying not to die. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was just that was a weird moment for me. I, just, I, I, I guess I could just sort of brush it off as like, eh, nature spirits, fine. Yeah. All right. I don't, yeah, sure. I think that's, maybe that's just a sign of my age, where as a kid, I probably would have been all for that. Like, yeah, I want to be a, a, a big, a Bigfoot muscle protector <laughs> of the forest. Um <laughs> But as an adult, I'm like, no, don't task me with a job I didn't ask for. It's <laughs> terrible. I mean, 
I'll do it if it means I don't freeze to death in the snow. Fine. I, yeah, but that's, that seems so unfair. <laughs> if my it's choices like, are die or become a big, strong uh, but, creature with, with fur and horns that protects the forest. But here's yeah, the thing. sure. Here's the thing, though. Mother, it's motherfucking nature. Yeah. If she's, if she's able to call upon a random-ass tornado that, like, is localized into one specific area and like suck a dude up or like do all the other fantastic shit she does in the movie. She could just like, just like make a little like sunny warm patch for this little kid. Just like, here you go. Or like here, I built you a, 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 a igloo or something. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Shrug. It's very unfair. Mother nature. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, <sighs> where do we go from here? Do, do we want to talk about the pr- the twist with Prince Edward? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't mind it. I, I, yeah, here's... It's so out there that I do kind of like it, but I also can't help but be really, really annoyed by it. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I had a feeling that there wouldn't be, like, a Prince Edward, but I didn't expect, like, the next kingdom over mm-hmm. is a fucking, like, what what era would you say it is? I don't know, because it feels, like, sort of modern. Yeah, it's, like, almost modern. It's, like, maybe, like... It felt like if you if you smushed the, like, 40s and then modern together. What, like, is that Art Deco? Maybe, yeah. Is that, is Art Deco the the sort of, yeah, is sort of the vibe of, like, the, uh, the buildings and the, the design stylings of this place. Yeah, 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 Art Deco. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just weird because like you see Barbara's kingdom at the beginning and like fucking Barfy has a, a motorcycle. Um, what was his name? Bo- Bundy. No. Did you- Bundy. Bundy. Barfy. <laughs> Bundy uh, has a a motorcycle, but otherwise it's sort of these like clockwork robots in the palace, and then they've got like the normal people just have like horse and carts. Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of a more medieval feeling. Whereas you go one kingdom over and it's like art deco skyscrapers. Everyone's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> There's like it's... shopping districts and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Just very, very weird. I don't know. It... Because, yeah, like, it doesn't feel like it takes them that long to get to that other kingdom. So it feels like maybe a day's travel. <laughs> You're in, like, this very yeah. different, like, era. Era. It's 19, like, Art Deco, I guess, was, like, beginning of the the 1900s. Like, 1901. Oh, okay. According to the Wikipedia page that I definitely don't have open right now. <laughs> um so yeah, like that—that's about the era it feels like for, <laughs> for, pr- air quotes, Prince Edward's kingdom. Yeah, like when but, when Barbara when Barbara yeah. shows up, she like walks past all of these advertisements for him. Like he's like he's his image is being used to sell all of these things, and like 
again, feels very modern and his, yeah, his face is just plastered everywhere. Yeah. The reveal that it's Princess Edwardina. Mm. I, I liked her design. She seemed really cool. <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh yeah, she's kind of, she's kind of sick though. Like, she's cool. Yeah. Um, it's just like. No one wanted to read about my adventures, so I just uh, turned the main character into a dude, and wow, people really yeah. liked it. And now, you know. Now, it, it sort of feels like this kingdom's entire economy is based on the book sales from this fake prince. Yeah. Yeah, again, he has, his picture is plastered everywhere, he's used for advertising. So his escapades, he's probably, like, very well-known, right? He's, like, very famous book series. Yeah. And yet somehow no one recognized that Barbara was in love with a fictional character. <laughs> no, you know, no one. Yeah. Well, she's from a I maybe it's maybe there's really just not a lot of uh traffic back and forth between the I, two kingdoms. I guess, but this just seems like this is why this is why I I I can't help but be annoyed by this because it just makes Barbara just looked like a huge idiot. Not, I guess not just Barbara, but everyone around her. <laughs> yeah. Like, because she, like, she's seen reading the book. Like, there is some sort of, like, book Publishing. System, publishing, yeah, publisher in this, in this universe. Other people are presumably reading these books. Other people are writing into to Edward and receiving these same form letters and, and yet it's just it's just baffling yeah. like how does she not how does nobody nobody like tells her this shit <laughs> I just feel kind of bad for her I yeah like it is like it's like it is like a fun moment well fun not for her but it it's it's an interesting moment when it all comes crashing down because that would be very deeply embarrassing yeah well um, and maybe no one tells her because it's like who's who's she got in the palace three uh, yeah. women voiced by the same woman who <laughs> yeah we can't fucking voice act or at least is being really poorly directed yeah. uh her dad and a bunch of robots <laughs> that's that's her like pool of experience so yeah I, I mean i get it no one told her yeah, and I guess like it's kind of implied that she like she hides, like it, it that she's been hiding these books and the letters, especially from everyone. So maybe people didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to tell. It just. I wish I I wish I knew if in Universe Two if it's meant to be that no one knows that Edward isn't real because. Edward Dina seems surprised that Barbara thinks he is. Like when when she shows up at Edward Dina's office and starts talking about wanting to meet Edward, Edward Dina is very blase about the whole thing. Like she doesn't she doesn't act like she's trying to hide anything. She's actually like, okay, like do you want an autograph? Like what do you want? Yeah, I, well, I ha I I sort of assumed that it was a a, a like everyone kind of knows like everyone knows that he's a fictional character, but he's like super beloved fictional yeah. character um 
And so, like, the other people that, like, mail in or get mail from, from Prince Prince Edward are, like, in on you the sign fantasy. up for a, a <laughs> like, you sign up to the newsletter kind of thing. Which presumably Barbara did to start receiving these letters. Well, she probably sent him a letter and they were like, oh, you know, just it, she's she's writing this in character, maybe. Maybe. God. I don't know. <laughs> oh, just but wild. I did. I did like the design of Edwardina. I liked her whole <laughs> fucking mini kingdom of like cool aesthetic design. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah. It's fun. I she. Uh, she very quickly gets won over by Barbara and Bogey. Um, so that's kind of a cute little moment where she, I guess she feels like inspired by their, their story. And it's like, oh, like, oh, this is better than anything I've ever written. Like, go off and be in love, you two weirdos. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bogey's brother, Bunny... Yes, who is just a rabbit. Who is just a rabbit, except not. Because it's mm-hmm. revealed halfway through, and I kind of liked it. Like, I kind of thought it was interesting. Because he's like, he literally looks at Barbara's like, have you ever fucking seen another talking rabbit? <laughs> yeah, this is, that's the moment where it's, we're just kind of used to the trope of talking rabbits. So I Yeah, admit- like I didn't question it. I was just like, oh, this must be just one of those smart magic rabbits. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it's revealed that that Bunny was actually a, just a normal rabbit that Barbara's dad found uh, nearly dead one day. And so he experimented on him and gave him a mechanical heart powered by the, the water of life. And that... Saved Bunny, and the whole thing with the Water of Life is that it gives life to inanimate things. So I guess the water also made him talk, and and I guess act more like a human. I I guess sure. Um, but yeah, we get we get his backstory that um his family rejected him after he got this new heart. Yeah, thing. he had like a wife and kids that didn't <laughs> that didn't want anything to do with him. So yeah. he's like, yeah, he saved my life. He also took it because I, you know, couldn't go back to my family and I was rejected. And if yeah. I had stayed with your father, I was just like a sideshow attraction. It's like, oof. Yeah, that sucks. You, I was, I was basically a freak show exhibit. Oh, look, a talking rabbit. But he saved your life. No, he didn't. He took it. My children, they were scared of me. I'm just like this thing. I'm a thing. You're not a thing, Bunny. You have a soul. And he's like, he's like bemoaning, like how he doesn't know if he has like a soul or not. Yeah. It's just, damn. It's, it's kind of wild. There's like, there's a few moments of like, woof, like that's kind of like, that's dark in this movie that I was not expecting. Yeah. And that I and it was kind of nice as we find out it it was later foreshadowing for Barbara 
and her mechanical heart. Yeah. Like, I guess presumably her dad was going around experimenting on the wildlife before he gave Barbara her heart. Yeah, that make yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little bit. Yeah. I don't mind it. It does, it does again, it feels like tonally, like almost, it doesn't really fit right in this movie. Yeah. Or maybe even too, just like the way they perform it. Like, just something felt off. Yeah. Who decides what, how much, uh, sapience gets stuck in these crystals? Some of them turn a robot into a dog, and some of them turn a half-dead rabbit into a, a human-level intelligence. Yeah, I don't know. Creation. Yeah, because all of like the robots that Bundy gets for his army, they don't. They just feel like they're just they're that they're just robots, and I guess that's maybe like. I guess that's maybe a thing for the audience so we don't start to empathize with them or feel yeah. sad when they get destroyed or shut down. <laughs> yeah. God. I Their designs are interesting. They got like weird triangle heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Pyramid head robots. Yeah. And like you said, they're they're all very like they're more polished than the uh, the generic robots look. And they, they have that sharp equals bad yeah. Kind of angularness to their design. Should should we also mention Bundy's robo hand? Oh yeah. That was an interesting little bit. Cause like when he first is running through the the forest chasing Barbara at the beginning of the film, uh he like trips like Bundy's or fuck. Bogey scares Bundy and Bundy yeah. falls down and the water flies out of his hand because he's just fucking carrying it like a flashlight, <laughs> even though it's this precious magical artifact. Hmm. Anyway, he falls into like a little like cave-ish place and it bounces and hits a crystal and some water gets on the crystal and then the crystal like he goes to touch it with his left hand and it explodes explodes in magical energy mm-hmm. question mark and then his hand goes completely limp and numb and he can't use it anymore yeah and and it just it that was another moment that i was kind of shocked by because his reaction to it like it felt like fairly like again it's still it's, it's terrible voice acting but it felt like <laughs> fairly realistic where he's just like panicking over like i can't use his arm yeah, and it's like it doesn't recover. I expected it to be like one of those things where, like, after a little while, it would just come back. Yeah, like you almost expect it to be played for comedy. Yeah, but no, it's it, like it, his arm is now un- like he can't use it anymore. Yeah, because the next thing, next time you see him, it's in a sling, and then he makes the king make like a robo arm for him. Yeah, so then it's like a a gauntlet situation. Yeah, and it just it like helps him. He he's able to move the arm. I guess just powered by powered by one of the crystals that didn't put the give sentience to the arm. Yeah, don't worry about hmm. it. Don't yeah, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. That that's another one of those things though that it's like that's kind of cool, but it also feels like 
I don't remember there really being a payoff to it. So it feels like another detail that you probably could have just removed from the film. Yeah. Because it's not like... Because at the end, when all of the, like, magic is is leaving the, um, like, the constructs and everything, uh, it's not like it becomes a, like, an important plot point. Because it falls, like, his, his magic-powered, uh arms mechanical arm sleeve falls off and then he can't use his arm again and that doesn't like change anything like at that point in the film it doesn't matter yeah he just like he minutes later climbs up and drinks a bunch of the the fucking magic water and becomes a rock man (laughs) yeah and that almost should have been yeah like if you're gonna set up the arm thing it almost feels like that should be how you do away with Bundy like Maybe they have to sacrifice the magic water and, and like, remove it from the world so that his arm is depowered and he can't uh, do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ha- have, have that tie into the resolution yeah. somehow. Like, you, you spend the entire movie, like, everybody wants this magic water and that should be, like, the sacrifice that gets made. It's like, oh, like, we can't, we have to destroy the magic water to save the world kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just another one of the things in this film that, like you said, it's, it's there. Yeah. Well, there's stuff like, there's the whistle. The the stupid whistle that amounts to nothing. Oh it, yeah. So like Bunny's got a, a special whistle that when he he blows on it, uh oh, fuck bogey will come in <laughs> <laughs> Why is it's Bundy, Bogey, Barbara, yeah, Bunny. Bunny. Yeah. No, fuck. this somebody did not name these characters well. So she bogey and, and Bundy. I feel like your villain and your hero should have some fairly distinct different names. sounding names. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, fuck. So it it brings Bogey to his side, wherever mm-hmm. he is, whenever he blows this whistle. Uh, so yeah. So and- so when when Barbara leaves them to go to Edwardina's place, she takes the whistle from Bunny as a memento and then when she's trapped she tries to blow the whistle but it doesn't work because she's in like an industrial city and they can't hear it yeah that amounts to nothing yeah and she ends up she even they they show yeah again not only would it not work because it's too loud and you can't hear shit but she also then proceeds to drop the whistle out the window so it's just why why did we have that scene why did we set up this whistle eh like, I could see it if they had actually followed through. And it's like, she uses the whistle and, and bogey uh, hears it. Yeah. Then at least that's something. But it's like, nope, that was just a, a little bit of business that didn't matter. No. I can't just, just remove that then if you're not going to use it to its full potential. <laughs> Trim it out. Oh, man. Good. <sighs> what? Why did? There's also every time. Sorry, um, again watching it in in silence. 
mm-hmm. and it, uh, somewhat enjoying it more. Um, <laughs> there's like the three handmaidens yes, the, yeah. in the castle. Her nannies. Her nannies. And they're just, they're a running gag about how they just sort of like chatter at each other. Yeah. And they call them the wrong, like, they're always referring to each other with or to one of them with the wrong name and then they take the time to like oh no i'm not her i'm that's her i'm brunhild i'm a fucking a whatever it's like I, this isn't this wasn't funny the first time no yeah, <laughs> Why no do you keep doing this nobody nobody told them that it was not and was never funny it just <sighs> yeah i those characters I, I I see where they were going with it, and and maybe tying it into the whole like Barbara doesn't know that Prince Edward isn't real. Like I, I think what they were really trying to get at with those characters is that Barbara is supposed to be kind of sheltered, and you know I guess due to her heart condition, that her dad never let her know that she had. Thanks, Dad. Um, yeah. But the nannies are just supposed to try, they're just like comic relief and just meant to show that Barbara has just had spent her entire life just raised by these three annoying women. But it just... <laughs> just these three annoying women, all voice acted by the same person mm-hmm. who sounds bad. Yeah. It's, I don't, I... like, uh, I can't, I don't want to, oh, man. Her and uh oh Edwardina's little little uh manservant guy. Mm-hmm. His voice is so fucking bad. It sounds th- like someone doing a bit. Yeah. I think But if like I remember, a bad one. <laughs> I think if I remember the credits right, I think he's voiced by the dad. Like the same person that did oh, the dad. Okay. It's it's the voice of the dad trying to do a different voice and it sounds yeah. awful. I did. I felt bad for her lackey, uh, uh, Edwardina's lackey, because he's just following orders. Edwardina told him, you know, lock up Barbara in the tower, and tomorrow we're going to take her back to her dad for the reward money. And then Bundy, or God, now I'm doing it. Bogey. <sighs> Bogey breaks into the skyscraper, and he's going to go rescue Barbara. And so then the lackey is there with all of these guards and they're going to like, you know, try and prevent Bogey from running off with Barbara. And then that's when Edwardina comes in and she has her moment where she she's she's suddenly moved by Barbara and Bogey's love story and she lets them go. But then she tells her lackey like, "Oh, by the way, you're not getting uh, a bonus or like you're not getting your pay." Because yeah, why? Yeah, you're not getting a bonus this month. I don't know. He's I, I didn't feel he, bad for him. He was a little asshole. He's like, but, <laughs> but he you're was following, worth a lot of money. <laughs> but he was following her orders. Yeah, but he's also just a little shithead. So I didn't feel bad. <laughs> oh come on. Nah, he was he was literally like a <laughs> little villain. So like, fuck him. <laughs> I would just be. I, I was so mad on his behalf. Like, damn it, he was just really committed to his job. Okay. <laughs> Just get, what do you mean you have to be an asshole, though? Fucking. God. Oh, man. Can we can we talk about the speckle scene? Yeah. So, at one point in the movie, Barbara begins to insist that because she's princess, 
the forest and everything in it belongs to her. And so she she's just being a little twat about this. And <laughs> Bogie is so annoyed that he picks her up and he runs off and he ends up climbing up the nearest mountain where he then shows her the, just the vast expanse of the forest. And he goes off in this little rant talking about how the land belongs to Mother Nature and she's the source of all life and how it's Mother Nature's land and, and no one else's. And it's just this big, grandiose moment in a film that has no business trying to be grandiose. Get your paws off me, you monster! Humans, hiding there in your little world of concrete, thinking you know everything? You think you rule here, princess, but you don't. She's been here a thousand princesses before you, Barbara. And she'll still be here many thousand after you're gone. Who is she? Mother Nature, the source of all life. This land is hers alone. understand who you are? I'm a speckle of dust. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, I wish, I wish I could somehow beam a video of that moment into everybody's brain. I so mean, you'll you have to put it on the, uh, on the Twitter so that people yes. can all come and see it because. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just wonderful. But Barbara, Barbara is so moved by, by his speech and the wonders of nature that she she herself she goes on her own like little grandiose speech about how she's just a speckle of dust like she i guess she just realizes that she's so insignificant in the grand scheme of things and it instantly humbles her and she starts she's like oh thank you my dear sweet bogie thank you yeah, she like, she like instantly is like, "We, I, I won't fight you on anything else now. I, I believe in you, and uh, you are my sweet bogey. Mm-hmm. You are and so I am, kind. I am but a speckle of dust. Yeah, my, my dear sweet bogey, you are so kind. You are so kind for ransoming me and and, <laughs> and tying me up to take me back to my father and my arranged marriage against my protest. Yeah, yeah." But that does it does as a result bogey like gives her the nickname of speckle and every time he uses it i just laugh because it's just terrible it's yeah <laughs> it's meant to be sweet and endearing yeah yeah you're meaningless but i love you <laughs> oh god oh what else for this one oh we don't have to talk about it, but I do want to say fucking uh, Barbara cutting her hair at the beginning to give herself, like, she has long blonde hair and then she, she like, chops it off herself but leaves herself a little Anakin Padawan braid. Yeah, a little rat tail. <laughs> a little side rat tail. Yeah. That was sure a choice. I laughed at that because I'm pretty sure back in the 90s I made an, uh, uh, I don't remember, it must have been for Digimon or something, but I'm pretty yeah! sure I made, I made an original character that had that haircut. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, this is the coolest thing. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Man. I, yeah, she gives herself, so she, she Barbara and her dad end up fighting before the party and basically the dad is telling her to like, you know, like, you, you need to, you're a princess, you need to act like a princess, dress like a princess. Like, stop all this, like, f- you know, fantasizing about this Edward dude. Um, 
So in retaliation, Barbara decides to give herself a makeover. So yeah, she cuts her hair and she also cuts up her dress. And it's it's kind of this big thing that there's this dress that her dad made her wear. Um, so she walks into her birthday party and of course everybody's all shocked to see her new hair and she's reveling in this moment of like, I've one up dad, I've sure shown him. And then her dad reveals that the dress that she cut up belonged to her late mother. And I actually, I really like that moment. It's well, it's well acted. Yeah, exactly. It's, Barbara doesn't say anything in return. It's all in her animation. And you could see that instantly the wind is knocked out of her sail. Yeah. And, and, you know, the moment goes by quickly because soon after her dad announces her marriage to Bundy. But Barbara just kind of like crumples a little bit and very sheepishly stands there. And Yeah, because she was just like reveling in it before. And she's like, <laughs> look at my dress now. <laughs> yeah. Her dad doesn't even look at her. She just, or he like looks a little bit and he's like, that was your mother's dress. Yeah. He's like, not even, yeah, not even angry, just very sad. Yeah. And like just continues on and she's like, oh. Yeah. And it even comes mm. back at the end of the film where she mentioned it as like her heart, her mechanical heart is starting to die out. Like she apologizes to her dad for cutting up the dress. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a moment that I wish was in a better film. To be yeah. Honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing. There's like, there's moments of like really neat ideas or really like little acting beats that are like this was really sweet yeah. um and the animation carries them like the animation in this film for the most part is really nice mm. really nice um so it's like there there's parts of this film that are uh, halfway decent yeah would i recommend watching it <laughs> no i mean i i would to laugh at i I'm planning um another movie night. This is going to be the first one since 2020. Oh hell yeah! Um, very excited for it. My sweet monster is going to be in the roster of movies to uh to. Re- you know what? In a in a group, this might be fun. Yeah, I, I think so. You you do have a point. As as a movie night kind of thing, yeah, yeah, especially when that first song pops up too. Oh, I feel bad because like clearly she can sing, but the translation and the everything about these songs are fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) The songs are just bad. Yeah. Again, I would kind of love it if somebody could redub these songs because, again, it's like is is it bad voice direction? Is it you know they couldn't have more than one take? Is like. It, I feel like, I don't know, I guess, I, I, I guess I'm just curious if there's potential to these songs or if they are just rotten to the core and there is no saving them. It's, well, it's like, I feel like if I wasn't, he, the music is f- generic. It's not offensively bad. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The voice is, well, her voice is fine. Polly Shore, her voice is fine. Um. Barbara's voice is fine Polly Shore they could have gotten someone to be his singing voice Um, like 
But I feel like the cadence and the translation they must have gotten from the localization team or whatever they got for the the lyrics really tank it like yeah <laughs> really badly so like maybe if they were rearranged re like someone took a second pass at at the at the lyrics mm-hmm. it might have been okay a lot of it feels like early early anime yeah, yeah. Which is my 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 mental touchstone for for foreign animation that gets brought over into English, um, is like the early, like the ninety eighties nineties old anime where they would have songs or they would have parts where it's just we're just gonna try and like we're not gonna localize it we're just gonna translate it. Yeah, and that's always that's. A long-standing debate in you know it, the anime, the sub sub versus dub argument. Yeah, or like yeah. how you translate subtitles yeah. and dubs, whether you keep the literal words or try to adjust for the meaning. Yeah, and yeah. this feels very much like they took a lot of the literal words mm-hmm. and didn't <laughs> yeah. didn't really. Yeah. I it does make me wonder how much time they were given to create this dub. Like is that yeah. what it is maybe that they were just like we have 2 weeks, I don't know. <laughs> just throw it you know, like we got to bum rush this shit, get it out the door. Like everybody gets one take per line. That's it. Too bad. Yeah. We can't pay these actors for uh any longer in the studio booth. Yeah. Like we have we have one day to get the entire script mm-hmm. recorded. Yeah. Um. So we're just gonna do our fucking best. Polly Shore is like he he had a bad sleep last night. He's really tired, but he's still he's got to come in. He's got to do these lines anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I I was oh, as boy. as we were talking. I remember. So I don't know if he's been in many other animated movies, but I he had a small part in the Goofy movie. And he did a, yeah, he was, um, oh, Christ, what was his name? He was the guy, he was the, the guy that was really into, to, uh, the, the spray cheese. Oh. The Leaning Tower Max's of Cheese. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was Polly Shore? Yeah, that was Polly Shore. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I assume he can, he can, he can act at least a bit. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've actually seen anything Polly Shore's been in, at least not within my recent memory. Which, oh, you know, it's been which a is long fine. time. Yeah, <laughs> but like, he was, he had, he's, he has a career. He can, yeah. he can act, theoretically. <laughs> and then you hear him in this, and then the trailers for the Pinocchio movie, and you're like, what happened? Yeah. Did you just not, you were either given some real bad direction, no time, or you just didn't give a fuck. (laughs) And like, all three are valid, but I I wish I knew which one or what combination it was. Yeah. I almost feel like with the Pinocchio movie, because he's kind of like, it's, there, he does very weird line reads in that. 
But because they're so weird, it feels like there's more effort to them. Like, he was making decisions, like, (laughs) to be, to do those lines in a particular way. Versus this one, it does, like, it does feel like he is trying. They're not fully emotionless, but they are just, like, again, they just feel like that first pass where it's just, like, it's almost like somebody, like, he didn't get to read the script before he showed up in the booth and he's, like, reading through it. And he's like, okay, now that I, I think I, I think I know what to do with this character now. And they're already, they're packing up the booth and they're like, oh no, we're, we're done. No, yeah. He's like, that was just the first read through. What do you guys not want? No, no, no. That was perfect. Thank you, Mr. Shore. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. I don't fucking know. It's bizarre. Mm -hmm. There, this is very much a tangent, but just, just so you know, uh, we've mentioned my collection of Phantom of the Opera movies in previous episodes. Um, one of the movies I have is Phantom of the Mall, uh, and Polly Shore is in that as like the oh, know-it-all shit. friend. Oh shit! Yeah. So it's it's Polly Shore, and and he's like, uh, like I just remember he he's like the one that's like sneaking around trying to get video footage, going to like the cameras, trying to find proof of the Phantom of the Mall. Uh- <laughs> Amazing. That's a fun movie. Somebody dies by escalator. Oh shit. It's great. It's a bad I the copy I have is a bad VHS transfer though. So oh, there's no. sometimes there's a fight scene between the Phantom and the female love interest's new boyfriend, and they're okay. fighting the Phantom's underground lair. And they are uh-huh. both like men of similar builds and hairstyles. And so when they're fighting, you can't see shit. And it's just <laughs> like, can't I can't tell who's who at all. Yeah, I don't know who's winning or losing. I don't know what's going on, but it's great. It's a good movie. Well, it's a terrible Amazing. movie, but therefore it is a good movie in my well, eyes. Yeah. That's our whole, that's the whole shtick of this podcast, Christy. I understand. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have to subject you to that movie one day. Oh, will you? Maybe. We we joked about it at one point, because uh, long-time listeners will remember that I don't have many Halloween-related princess movies in my collection, and so I'll- Oh, f- right. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can do Phantom Month instead. Yeah, yeah off-podcast, off yeah. Brie and I talked about maybe doing Phantom of the Opera movies instead, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, that sounds great to me. Yeah. Start going through some of those movies. That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh. But uh, that'll yeah. last us at least a few years. Yeah. Pad things out a bit until somebody gets on it and makes some goddamn Halloween-related princess movies. Can't believe that's not a. There's a market for a market it, that's people. been mined yet. Honestly. Yeah. Get on it, someone out there. Please. <laughs> Oh, like, what else? I'm sure there's more, but I'm just... Man. (laughs) This movie's a lot. Yeah. I think we covered the major points to it. I can't really think of anything else. There's just a... There's probably a lot of stuff that we could just nitpick the shit out of. Oh, God, yeah. But... Uh. I mean, if anything, I would say I, I would... I would definitely... I would recommend this movie. This was... For me, a fun watch, and again, I am, I am very much, I'm hoping that somebody picks this movie uh, at the next Princess Movie Night. Yeah, be, I'm sure it, it would be fun to watch 
Yeah. As a group. Mm-hmm. And not alone in your apartment. <sighs> not first thing in the morning, you wake up, yeah. you get you get your coffee, you sit down for your nice, relaxing Saturday, and then you watch My Sweet Monster. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I don't fir- recommend that one. That was like the first thing when Brie and I started uh, the, the chat call, uh, I asked her how her day was going, and she was like, it's okay, um, all I've done is watch this movie, so, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I'm at this yeah. morning. That's, you know, that should tell you how my day is going, Christy. Oh, can only go up from here. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go, like, clean my apartment. That's going to be great. Yeah. Compared to watching my sweet monster. Oh, my God. That's the secret to, like, well, <laughs> I don't enjoy cleaning, but it's better than watching that fucking oh, movie. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh. uh, so, yeah. Uh, I guess... The end of it all, animation, overall nice, story, mm-hmm. a convoluted mess, but fun in its own right. Yeah. Scripting, localization, dub work, uh, yeah. art, voice direction, sound design, bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Bad. <laughs> Just bad. Just no good. But uh, I think that's going to be it for this one then, you guys. Um, Thanks again to Butterfly Latte for suggesting this one for us. Thank you, Butterfly Latte. Please send. feel free to send me more suggestions for bad movies. Uh, I love seeing them, especially when it's like one like this where I hadn't heard of it before Butterfly Latte told us. So this is very exciting. The power that I have. No longer will I have to troll the IMDb pages. (laughs) trying to find these movies by myself uh, yeah I was actually it got recommended and then I was like I I wonder if Christy already knows about this because you tend to have your your finger on the pulse of shitty yeah. <laughs> princess yeah. films and yet you, yeah. you had not heard of this one no this one was not on my radar at all I, I don't know my, my YouTube recommendations have failed me as of late Oh, yes, thank you again. And if anybody else has any movies they want to suggest to us, you could email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter where we will be posting clips of this movie. You could find that at badprincessmov. And uh, if you want to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies that I have in my collection, you can look that up at badprincessmovies.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. And I'm sorry for whatever music Christy puts on the end of this. Oh, God. It's going to be such a hard choice. They're all so fucking awful. (laughs) Which one of the two Polly Shore songs will I use? (laughs) Oh, and goodbye, everybody. Quick, turn the podcast off. Turn it off. Run. Escape. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play the entire movie's audio for the rest of the episode. Goodbye everybody. Hi everyone. When I can hardly wait. A lucky break never cost any harm. This lucky break could be my lucky charm. I won't pass up opportunities. I'm wide awake. Gonna take all